Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I suppose that's the other thing. I mean, just, um... Nope. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> Whoa. What That's happened? Something. I don't know. don't know. I don't there, but... Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we decide whether they're really worthy of the hype. They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Hugh. Let's not beat around the bush. We're here for a toenail update, aren't we? We're here for a toenail update. It's it's two weeks, Will, since you told the world about your ingrown toenail, and, well, the world wants to know more. Well, I'll tell you what happened to you, and this is going to be exciting, um, is I considered spending £500 on, on private surgery to mm-hmm. get pr- private as in privately funded uh, not like my surgery isn't usually publicly streamed instead of spending 500 pounds on a surgery i spent 80 pounds on an immediate consultation where he did some some surgering with no anesthetic yeah he had nail clippers and a big old scalpel in there cutting bits mm-hmm. away and then he was like i'm just gonna file this down now and got what looked like an electric drill that was like and i was like oh god and he was like this shouldn't hurt at all i was like well i disagree i disagree but then it didn't hurt and it was fine and now my toenail is better shouldn't hurt is a worrying one though (laughs) you know he's not saying this won't hurt at all he's saying this shouldn't hurt at all as though if it does it's your fault (laughs) if your pain threshold is poor this is gonna really suck for you and so where are we at now though is that a full solution no it's a temporary solution so i as I'm sure everyone was thinking, I've got quite a wide set nail. Um, mm. So it, it's going to grow down. So I'm going to at some point have to get preventative surgery. Uh, so this is a temporary solution to a uh, an ongoing problem that I'm sure will be uh, much discussed on the podcast. We'll post a picture of my toenails on the Instagram for you, for the listeners. We we won't. Don't worry, we won't. Last time last time we, we were talking about your toenails, we had an expert on, obviously, um, in Mags, who was able to give you some medical advice. Mm-hmm. And this time... We have our producer, Anya. Anya, what's uh, your take? Pretty underwhelming. Um, I purposely tried not to listen to that because I found it so difficult to listen to the first telling of the, the toenail story. Oh, wow. Okay. 
truly horrifying. Truly horrifying. I mean... Um, hope you're feeling better, though, Will. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you hope that I, I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. You don't want to hear anything about my toe. <laughs> Will I tell the people what we're here to do? I like how you always ask us if you can tell them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, you, like, you've listened to the podcast. Like, you know they've clicked on the Disney episode. <laughs> it's not yeah, a surprise. But, you know, as always, well, let's not let them behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so today we're here, as you probably guessed, listener, from your, uh, from your screen. Uh, we're here to talk about Disney. So Disney is probably one of the most significant factors influencing pop culture. Um probably over, certainly over the last few decades and uh, definitely since the 1930s when, I don't know, Walt Disney first came to prominence. So Disney is everywhere. It's, you know, it's on your pyjamas, it's on your screens. Um, and you probably would be at great pains to find somebody who had never heard of Disney at one point or another. So when we're talking about Disney, what are we talking about? So we're talking about Walt Disney, the works of Walt Disney, particularly, you know, the cartoons, um, Pixar, um and the uh, live action film production that, that, that they've done over the last few decades uh, and the theme parks, um, of course. Um, are we talking about Marvel films? I don't think we are. I guess they're involved somehow, aren't they? Because mm. Disney basically owns everything now. So they have to be considered, but we can't consider them too deeply because that will completely ruin the Marvel episode. I'm very upset we've ruined the ingrown toenail episode by talking about it now so we've got to save something that's just a preview yeah and i think well i mean we've already done a star wars episode and obviously disney owns lucasfilm as well i suppose what we could say is though when we're talking about if something is a legitimate like when you say disney to people they don't necessarily think marvel they probably do more think theme parks and the 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 classic disney films well, there's a question for you. What, when when you hear Disney, what what do you think of? What's your what's the? Uh, I see the logo. I do. I see the big that big D. You know, whatever font it's in. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, I think you think of a slightly different production company there. When I think of Disney, I yeah, I guess. Look, I think of the Disney I grew up with. So you know, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. Some of the lesser-known ones, I was always a big Robin Hood fan, The Sword and the Stone. Robin Hood? I don't think... Was Robin Hood Disney? Oh, it absolutely was. I think that was one of the most upsetting things I'd... Oh, it was. That was one of the most upsetting things I think I'd ever seen when I watched Robin it. Robin Hood? Do you, remember the sh- do you remember the sheriff came along and took the baby rabbit's money? He did, yeah, on his birthday. But then Robin Hood came yeah. in and it was fine. I think it's, it's worth mentioning that our sometime producer, Michael, um, is... I think he would find Robin Hood sad because of Robin Hood's stealing from the rich and giving to the poor sort of i think that's what would upset him about that film yeah not many children would be cheering for the tax collecting sheriff of nottingham but i think michael would be that child yeah <laughs> what about you will what do you think when you hear disney i think of uh me and george newstead my childhood best friend in disneyland paris in the arcade surrounded by a group of kids watching us absolutely smash a rowing machine game Wow. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to my mind. When you said we were doing a Disney episode, I was like, oh, yeah. But, yeah, it was this game that it had, like, a paddle that mm. you, you were, like, on a fake dinghy. It was called, like, the Wild River Ride. And all you had to do was just paddle really, really hard. And we were, like, 12, and we were very, very good at it. So, Will, you went to Disney, and rather than go on any of the rides, you were rattling around the, the arcade. Oh, no, we went on the rides too. It's just that was the most memorable okay. bit because we had an audience. And uh, as, as you know, the co-host of a podcast, I love being the centre of attention. So 
Will we start with a quiz? I was Why am I ask asking one, you? Yeah, first of all, what, what's your... When you hear Disney, what do you think? Uh, the, the classic films, I would you, say, from I, our I youth. really, really want you to say that you think of... Well, actually, when I was 12, I was in Disneyland Paris and I was watching these two boys and they were playing this rowing arcade game and I was, I'd never seen anything as pure before in my life. I knew then, my, my yeah, the, the classic Disney stuff. So the first film I ever saw in the... Um, the cinema was uh, Beauty and the Beast. Me too. Um, so from, yeah, and I was really scared during it. Guys, I found I found the game. It's called Rapid River Rapid River Simulator. Okay, we have so to. You, you can hire it. it from ES Promotions. You can hire the Rapid River. How much does it co- does it cost more or less than a private <laughs> ingrown toenail surgery? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a quote and find out. Because I think we need to do this. I wonder, can we can we set up a Patreon for the listeners to get yeah, yeah. this going? Fund this this boy who's had an ingrown toenail. Find George Newstead. <laughs> the Make-A-Wish Foundation. What's George Newstead up to now? Oh, unfortunately, he lives in Vietnam. I mean, very fortunately for him. He's I thought you were going to say, unfortunately, he's dead. So did I. <laughs> he rode to Vietnam and died on the way. No, he lives in Vietnam and is having a great old time. He'll be back one day, and one day he'll come around and I'll say, George, it's time to do what we... But Will, you'll always have Paris. <laughs> well we're going to start with a quiz we'll start with a really classic Michael question I think who founded the Walt Disney Company oh, I hate these sort of questions I, re- I reckon it was Walt Disney's brother Roy who actually uh, he he did stuff with hoovers or vacuums that would be my guess do you know that he did stuff with hoovers or vacuums or have you just made them up yeah yeah, Hugh. Very uncharacteristically, I did a little bit of research, by which I mean, I went on the Wikipedia for about five minutes, and Roy is Walt Disney's brother, and he did something with vacuums. Well, that's that's very impressive. I, I'll allow it. It was Walt Disney and his brother, Roy. Roy O. Disney. Yes. I don't mean O apostrophe Disney. He wasn't <laughs> one of the O Disneys from a tie. <laughs> I mean, it's an anglicization of O Yisenoch. <laughs> So yeah, they uh, they found it together. So yeah, Incredible. wasn't as clever a question as I, as I thought. And when did they found it? Nineteen twenty-three. Um, so it's actually it's on, on on the go a, a long time. And just this is not part of the quiz, but do, do you know who his first the first character was? Oh, I mean, the, the steamboat. Steamboat Willie was the first film, wasn't it? But was that the first character? The first film. Yeah. Sorry, no. The first film was actually Oswald, the Lucky Rabbit, which didn't take off. Which is ironic. And Steamboat Willie, yeah, was where I suppose Mickey Mouse was born. Mm. But uh, he was originally going to be called Mortimer Mouse until Walt Disney's wife persuaded him that was not a particularly catchy name. It was a bit too serious. And I think Mickey Mouse was the first animated character to have uh, a spoken line in a film. And do you know what the first thing he said was? Oh boy. He said, hot dog. Hey, pretty close. Oh boy is just a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a healthier version of hot dog so our second question uh, so Disneyland was founded in Anaheim in California in 1955 and between 1955 up until COVID it has only had three unscheduled closures can you name any of the reasons for those okay I love this kind of question I wonder was there like <laughs> I don't know I feel like in American history one of my guesses is always Vietnam yeah. Oh, 9-11. It must have closed for 9-11. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, it, it, are we including the pandemic or is it pre No, no so it yeah, did have yeah, one okay. scheduled closure during the pandemic. So I'm talking from 1955. Vietnam protests. 
No. So 9-11, you're absolutely correct. So you get the point okay, for hang that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. We're going we're to flip and get this. We're going to get okay. these. Okay. What fun. You definitely won't get one of them. JFK's assassination. Oh, yes. Oh, Very good. nice. Yes. Yeah. It was for the, that was a, it was a day of mourning, I think. So it goes for that. I think the other one was the day that George and I won the River Rapid game. Yeah, I presume so. Because respect. I think all of the parks around the world had to close. Um, the other one we're not going to get. So it's not yeah. going to be some sort of national tragedy. It's going to be... Yeah. Some, oh, the New York... No, that's in New York, Will. <laughs> I was going to say the power cut. I need you to think, where is the park? California. California. Yeah, earthquakes? earthquakes. Yeah. So there was an earthquake in, in California. Yeah. yeah. Do you know which one, though? Uh, do, are they named? The one in the year that it happened in. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the 1994 Northridge earthquake, which was uh, on Martin Luther King Day in 1994. And uh, it was the highest ever instrumentally recorded earthquake in an urban area in North America. Whoa. And it was very serious. And the death toll was 57 and 9,000 people were injured. Jeez. So this is, this is a more complicated one. Um, can any of you explain what the Disney vault is? Sounds creepy. It's um, a way of traversing a fence in a really joyful animated way. Yeah, and you you say hot dog as you do it. <laughs> do we think it's a real? Is it a real vault? Can you tell us that? Is it a real vault underground somewhere, or is it a? I hope so. I hope so, <laughs> but I don't know if it is. You, you, my clue is I think if you were somebody who watched VHS tapes when we were, you know, in the early nineties, you you've probably heard of this. Oh, VHS Disney tapes. Is it something that was advertised at the start of all the VHS tapes? The Disney Vault. Yeah. They keep all the films there. They keep everything they've ever animated, maybe. Or is it? Is it where the children in Pinocchio are kept? No, that's Pleasure Island. Um, oh God, that is a dark film, isn't it? Not a nice film at all. Oh my God, I. Do you know what? I'd forgotten about that film. That that was one of the early films that I watched of Disney, and that absolutely terrified me him turning into it's a donkey so scary it's so scary is the disney vault where walt disney is cryogenically frozen no so the disney vault is more of a conceptual thing so this was a term used by walt disney studios home entertainment and it was its policy of regularly placing sounds very boring sales more sales moratorium on home video release of specific feature films so you might remember when we were younger when a movie came out you'd be told you have to buy it soon or it's going into the disney vault so disney had this policy where something would be released and then they would essentially put a moratorium on selling it for 10 years um and that was to so they could, could basically control their own market and also they alleged it was to allow it to be reintroduced to new generations of Ooh. children now obviously that's all changed a lot now uh in this age of, yeah. of streaming they found other ways to dominate the market exactly exactly but uh this was the thing and it was a kind of a marketing tactic so at the start of of the vhs sometimes there'd be an ad you know you know x film has just been released from the vault or this is about to go into the vault so you wouldn't get steal a hot. handbag yeah <laughs> You wouldn't steal well, a car. I don't think... Did you guys have that ad? Yeah, yeah, but it was... I, I was like, that wasn't in an Irish accent. I was like, we watch in different countries. That make, yeah, you wouldn't steal countries. a handbag. You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't yeah. steal a car. So it looks like you guys are well qualified to sit in judgment on Disney. Mm. Uh, do you want to... I think I have a reasonably good idea of what way Hugh is going to lean on this. Will, a bit of a wild card. Do you want to set out your opening statements? 
I don't know. I love the films. I love the films growing up. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with Disney. Uh, generally, I think it's a huge corporation and they make huge films for a massive market and they've clearly like dominated that market by really dark tactics of like well i don't know it's very clever i mean it makes sense as a company to be like let's not the disney vault is just a wild idea yeah i don't know i love the films but i think there are a lot of problems about them but i'll watch it i'll watch it and i have have a fondness for them and i'll watch them and just be swept away by them so that's sort of where i stand at the moment yeah i think as like anyone who's grown up with them i think you're always going to have an attachment to them i kind of agree with will like you, you hear disney and when you just think the films you think they're great but i feel there's yeah they're surrounded in such a cloak of darkness and like right from the very start disney have been involved in bad stuff obviously um, and walt disney himself obviously is generally known to have had pretty appalling views um in certain areas but at the same time you know, it comes back to that thing of separating the the work from the people there. And if there are films that are, yeah, provide so much joy to so many children, um, mm. I think that's that's obviously a good thing. I love the songs. The songs are a big plus for me as well. And oh, yeah. there's something that, you know, having worked with children for the last number of years, they're a very, a very useful thing to be able to sort of use uh, everyone uh, kids still know all the songs from disney um but i think then yeah we'll probably get into some of the other the other problems that the films have had and that while we might have loved them growing up they might not have been for everyone so you guys both have very positive memories of from your childhood but some of the films are like incredibly sad yeah and fixate on the loss of a parent looking at a list here of ones either where there's no mother an absent mother stepmothers or a mother who's died being killed or captured it looks like it's pretty much every disney film ever yeah but but that's that's children's that's children's fiction i mean i remember i heard charlie hickson interviewed about this charlie hickson is a children's author well not just children's author but he wrote he wrote the young bond series he wrote another series called Oh, the enemy or the fear. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, children's series set in London where they're trying to escape the from... Idea. It's called, Oh, the enemy or the fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's... Uh, I remember he was asked about um, writing children's literature and he said... And I suppose writing the sort of thriller type. And he said, well, first thing you do is you kill the parents immediately. He says, that's the only way you can write good children's fiction. And so he says, you look, Harry Potter, you know, yeah. parents are dead. Alex Ryder, parents are dead. Narnia parents aren't dead, but the children escape into a different world, you know. Um, and, and they're, they're evacuees, aren't they? So they are, yeah. So in fact, yeah, they're not with their parents. There's always yeah. got to be some sort of separation from like exactly. The- and because he he made this point that he said it's it's a child's fantasy not to have their parents die, but to have their parents just not in the picture, you know, so that they can be free to explore whatever whatever yeah. they're having and even the famous five or something you know they're always away from the parents so yeah killing the parents i think is a very popular uh children's trope. yeah and i know some people say it's to, yeah to create dramatic interest in the characters because their parents are there uh they have someone to guide them whereas a lot of their adventures come from being out in the wild world exactly say, and it's, it's not own. it's yeah. not as interesting if they can you know get a lift home at the end of the day or someone is <laughs> making their lunch for them yeah. Well, Frozen would have been a very different film, I suppose, if someone had just their mum had been there to pick them up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, did you not find that very traumatic as 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 kids to watch? I guess I I never really noticed it to be honest. I I never was like, 
I, I think about that much more now than I would. Mortality is much more a thing now, whereas at the time you're just like, kids, having fun, cool. I'm a kid, fun. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's it's the norm. Even you look at Alice in Wonderland, again, parents don't die, but she goes away. She goes into a different world, you know, or um, what's the thing, Dorothy, you know, like it's all, it's all just freedom from parents. And I guess, well, like, I don't know, yeah, freedom <laughs> caused by death is probably less... <laughs> it's a bit it's a dark pleasant, one but and also some of the source material is way darker than the actual uh, disney things like Cin- the original fairy tale of cinderella like the the sisters i think cut their feet like they maim themselves to try and get the slipper on and stuff and is that a is that a hans christian anderson or is it a grim fairy tales or or is it, I think it might be a gr- i think it, i think it's a grim no C- cinderella was a french story i think wasn't it? i thought it was russian but... je ne sais pas I thought it was Russian because I know the original one she wore fur slippers. I'm no, but you're dead right. A lot of these, like the, the Little Mermaid, uh, you know, I love the Disney version of it, but the original version is absolutely horrifying. I think she, doesn't she throw herself off the boat at the end and becomes part of the waves? Does she? But if you look at any of those grim fairy tales, they're yeah, I mean, so They're scary. not called, called joy fairy tales. No. I, there's a clue no. there. Yeah. I don't think I have the positive associations that Disney has for you guys. And one of my major problems with Disney is the concept of Disney adults. Uh, you're going to have... What? Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Do, do you guys know what a Disney adult is? So, very prevalent in our generation of uh, millennials. So, Disney adults are people who have sort of made it a defining part of their personalities. They know... Sounds like I'm describing Hugh a bit now. They know all the words to the songs. They own a lot of Disney merch. They go to Disneyland a lot um, and it's just very much part of their personality. I, uh, I just, to, just to defend myself a little there when you're trying to categorise me as a Disney adult, I would just like to say I've never been to the Disneylands. I don't have any Disney merch and I know the words to all the songs. I know the words to every song I've ever heard, basically. So you can't put that on me. You can put it on my incredible memory for song lyrics. Hugh is saying this currently full cosplayed as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. What the listeners can't see. Hang on, hang on. You sent me a photo the other day. Yeah. In which what what are you dressed up as, Hugh? Dressed up as the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. I don't own it. I mean, I borrowed it from a children's hospice. Is that a good enough explanation? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing the uh, the Disney rule the wrong way around. The parents are meant to be dying. <laughs> I borrowed that costume. I had to. I had to get a costume for um, for Halloween in school. So yeah, I did. I did borrow that, but I don't own it myself. And what was the costume made up of? So it was just the mask and then like a little Regency era suit. Best part of it were the were the paws. Had big furry paws, and so that was yeah. that kind of negated the the possible scariness of the mask for the younger children. I suppose they liked the fact that you could sort of high five them with these big cuddly paws. Yeah, and did they say, oh, I like your paws, and then you went, thank you. I did. They didn't get it, though. No, it's a bit of a nuanced joke. Dumb kids. Stupid kids. So, you're, but Anya, when you talk about, I suppose, but you didn't experience the Disney adults until you yourself were an adult, but when you were a child, did you have a positive experience <laughs> of Disney? parents, uh, both, both uh, out of the picture and Disney adults. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was abandoned at a train station. It's amazing they haven't bought my my life story for, you know, the rights for it for a film. Um, no, I, I think I had the same kind of experience as everybody when I was younger. You know, I went to Euro Disney and... Um, you did the rowing thing. 
did the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, went to your Disney, you know, saw the movies, but I don't think I was ever like really into Disney. You know, some people were mm. just really into the idea of Disney and the the whole thing of Disney princesses and everything. Mm. No, my biggest criticism of Disney is the fans of Disney, mm. or are the fans of Disney? Interesting. I mean that that runs into a difficult thing on this podcast because it's like do the fans define the thing or do do does the thing define the thing that mm. you can have that as a pull quote if you need it. Well, do, do you think it's acceptable for a an adult to be like, do you know what I'm going to do this weekend? Go sit down, kick back, watch the Aristocats. Hundred percent. The Aristocats. Uh, yeah, I want to watch that now. That's one of the one of my early Disney ones. Yeah, I would watch no, that. I think that's absolutely fine. Now, I think if if that's if that's the only stuff they ever watch, I don't think that's fine. But I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with watching a Disney movie. I mean, on the, oh, you I you, you talked wrong. about you talked about staying your in your bed watching a Lord of the Rings marathon. So I'm not sure you can really, you know, cry cry wolf at someone who wants to watch The Lion King. No, no, and do you know what? It, you know, good luck to people if that's what they want to do. Mm. But I don't want to do it with them. <laughs> I don't think you were invited. Yeah. <laughs> Is the problem with people who make it so much of their personality, I suppose. Is that what you said initially, I think, Anya? So it's not mm. that they watch the Aristocats. It's that they watch the Aristocats and then they Instagram about watching the Aristocats. And then they're, this is all they've got going on, I suppose. Whereas if I watch the Aristocats, you know, I'm not going to... Exclusively gonna, eating soup a la Edgar, nothing else. Yeah, exactly. And you get the same people who, you know, their their social media feed is only, you know, them... I mean, you get people who do it with golf, you get people who do it with coffee, you get people who do it with, you know, anything like that. So is that the issue where it's it's really, yeah, look at me, I'm a loud and proud Disney person and this is all I've got going on in my life. Yeah. You drifted off in the middle of that. <laughs> I could tell. No. No, I, I actually no. just started streaming the Aristocats halfway through that. <laughs> Abraham DeLacy, GSFP no, Casey. I think it's it's yeah exactly it's not like I oh, god I can't wait to you know catch up on my stories watch the Aristocats mm. it's the the act of doing it and but again if that's what people want to do I mean it's obviously pretty harmless I just personally find it you know incredibly. no you you I mean you've been producing the podcast for a little while now and I'm glad to see that you've entered into the spirit where we ultimately just end up saying do you know what I don't like it so it shouldn't happen <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you're right. Like I, uh, in the Star Wars episode, uh, one of the big criticisms criticisms leveled against Star Wars was the fans. So yeah. I, th- I think it's fair enough. I think that is entirely fair, and it does have sort of a. It's strange when it's like such a mainstream thing, but seems to have like a weird subsection cult following of like, no, but I know every frame of this movie, sort of thing. And I'll go one further. Here we go. Uh, I just don't think it's really worthy of the fandom. Sometimes, I mean, it's it's yeah. an incredibly unrepresentative problematic body of work to be idolizing i mean some of these things were made i mean in the 40s and 50s and then Mm. to be still kind of holding them up as you know icons of culture i think Mm. is is yeah yeah i I think a lot of the fans are very into the disney princess thing and that probably is one of the most problematic you know kind Mm. of areas of the disney franchise yeah i think it's i think it's interesting I think obviously it's totally natural for, you know, sort of small children to to idolize the Disney princesses. But I think it's quite odd in a way that that you would have grown women idolizing the Disney princesses, particularly some of the early ones who do nothing at all, really. Yeah, like I I think Aurora in 
Sleeping Beauty spends, do you want to guess how many minutes she's actually on screen? Uh, in the movie? Five. 18 minutes in Jeez, the entire movie. I believe Anthony Hopkins was on screen for a similar period in Silence of the Lambs and won an Oscar. So I would like to see Hannibal Lecter as the princess in Sleeping Beauty. I, I was going to ask about the... Um... I was going to ask about the Disney Channel. Did you guys ever watch the Disney Channel? Did you have that when you were when you were kids? No, I never had it, and I no, I don't really know what it is. I mean, is it is it just what is it is it was it a less extravagant version of what Disney Plus is now? Well, no, it's totally different because they had like uh, Lizzie McGuire on there and a load of like I think maybe they had hate they had H two O just add water about mermaids. They also had High School Musical and stuff like that. The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I spent a lot of time watching the Disney Channel and I, I used to be like, oh, I won't, my sisters always have it on. And I'd be like, yes, Emma and Lorna are watching Lizzie McGuire again. Yes. What? What's Lizzie McGuire? Lizzie McGuire. Oh, you. Never heard. Hillary, Hillary Duff. Oh, come on. We get yeah. one step closer each and every day. We'll figure it out on the way. This is a sitcom about a teenage girl who has an animated, like, conscience or an animated person she talks to. I didn't see any of these things. I think we have two problems on the Disney Channel front. So first of all, when I was growing up, the Disney Channel was definitely kind of an elite level friend thing. So somebody in your class might have the Disney Channel. But we certainly never had it. So secondly, Will, I think you're portraying that you might be a bit younger than us because High School Musical is definitely after our time here. Mm. Yeah, when did that come out? Yeah. I, well, it's also because I had younger sisters who'd watch it and I pretended, yeah, yeah, pretended yeah. that that's why I was being forced into it. This is the same reason that I know loads about wrestling <laughs> because it was on all the time when I was growing up and sometimes you'd just be like, well, I guess I'm in it now. High School Musical was um, 2006. Yeah, I was out of school by then. Yeah, probably, I was yeah. 15. Yeah. So yeah. I was. Who was that? Zach Efron. Zach Efron and um, well, her character's called Gabrielle, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, so this is kind of what I was talking earlier about the live action stuff. So Disney definitely started to, to diversify out into all of that kind of thing uh, around that time, as far as I know. Do you have Disney Plus, either of you? Yep. No. Uh, accidentally, I, I set up a free trial to watch one thing and still have again, it. Again, again, he's like, oh, I accidentally got it. And now I just, yeah. I just kept it. I've just had it. For, I've accidentally had it for six years. Oh. Just keeping it for a friend. <laughs> uh, so what was your favorite Disney film in the 90s? You know, kind of in the heyday. What was your, Ooh. was it Robin Hood? I loved Robin Hood. Yeah, I absolutely loved Did it. Did you I fancy think... Maid Marion? She was an absolute fox. Um, <laughs> Did you guys yeah, workshop that br- beforehand? Yeah, we've just it's some material we've been working on. Yeah, just our Robin Hood double act. Um, so that'd be my niche pick, I guess. And then otherwise, be the big ones. You know, I think the Jungle Book is absolutely amazing. Um, the Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. I think they're all brilliant. What about you, Will? I think I think probably Toy Story was the biggest one that I remember watching. I remember talking to some childhood friend and saying that. I actually came into my room the other day and my George teddy bear had moved. It might have been George. I, I, it might well have been George. And I said my teddy bear had moved. So Toy Story is actually real. Toy Story. Was that the first of the Pixar ones? Potentially, yeah. The, 
the big picture. Oh, no, yeah. no, was it Ants? No, Ants was someone else, wasn't no, it? No, Ants was DreamWorks. Which um, came out yeah, the Toy same Story as, or very close as to a Bugs Life. Life. That's wild. A Bugs Life, which a Bugs Life was great. Bugs Life was Pixar, and Toy Story was Pixar. Toy Story was the first one, I think. But back then, I suppose Disney didn't own Pixar, so that wasn't a Disney film when it came out. Oh. Oh. Disney oh. only bought Pixar... I don't know, but I'd say Pixar had about seven or eight movies in before, like Monsters, Inc., The Incredibles. All of those were Pixar pre-Disney. Wow. I think, mm. was was Monsters, Inc. a Disney one? I don't think so. I think it was one of the last of the, of the true Pixar ones. I mean, they're still Pixar. Like, they still separate them. They're Pixar, Disney, or whatever. But, um... But yeah, I, th- I think it was pre pre the the buyout. Monsters Inc is a fantastic film. I definitely watched. Uh, I definitely watched Aladdin a lot. The Hunchback of Notre Dame mm. and Robin Hood. Oh, that's a scary film as yeah. well. And there is source material that's been very heavily diluted. My God, and it's still terrifying. I haven't, I haven't read the the Victor Hugo book. I think. But... I think he. Any children listening, <laughs> turn turn down your dials. I think at the end... Uh, turn Quasimodo... down your dials is not a phrase any children would understand. <laughs> um, I think, doesn't Esmeralda die and she gets thrown into a mass grave? And, and Quasimodo jumps in with her and just dies beside her. Yeah. And then they're You've bones... you spoiled it now. I, I have it over Phew, my book It's been out for, what, 200 years? Yeah, but I haven't read it. From 1831. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I remember going to see The Hunchback and finding it. So that came out I was, I was eight. Like, I found it disturbing at the can time. Can I just say, can I just say, Anya, okay? Mm. So you've given out about adult Disney fans, right? But you've done something that I really dislike. So no matter how many times I would have to say it in the same conversation, I would always say The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Whereas you just said, so you didn't quite say, I went to see Hunchback. You said I went to see The Hunchback. I hate this so much. I'm a massive Harry Potter fan, right? There's nothing worse than when someone is like, oh, yeah, well, Chamber, you know, in Chamber. Uh, when I Ron didn't mean it this. like that. And I'm like, that's not a thing. Or, yeah, no, my favourite's definitely Azkaban. No, unless you're J.K. Rowling, you can't say that, okay? So, yeah, tell us what you thought about Hunchback. I'm sorry, we're not moved. This is an unacceptable... You know what she means. Sorry for trying to save time and make the podcast more efficient. A bit snappier. Yeah, yeah. Did you, so did you did I actually say hunchback? The hunchback. <laughs> I think hunchback is like you know like they did Joker. Is that what was the Joker movie? Recently? Yeah, Joker. 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 I just call it Jay. Yeah, the hunchback would be my my gritty remake and like Jared Leto was going to play the hunchback, but it would be mm. told from the perspective of I don't know. The bells. The, be- <laughs> the bells, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah, there you go. Hugh, what are you remaking? Again, I, I'm no good at these. I've no imagination, and I, I, I just, I just, I just remake the Jungle Book. But I don't know. Add in another song. <laughs> Such a child's answer. I, yeah, I don't. I don't have that. I thought you could have done sort of a House of Cards about Sir Hiss. Oh, the snake in yeah, Robin sort of a Hood. A serious yeah. political drama yeah. about the highs and lows yeah. of life in the Tudor court. Yeah. Was it Tudor times? No, it's way pre-Tudor. Oh, it's, I don't it's know. Richard, what is it? It's Richard. It's, it's Crusades. It's Richard the Lionheart and King John. Oh, Richard was a lion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I fancied yeah. him a bit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, that is... A, they... He was known. What, what? Did you not fancy Robin Hood? Um, Fox with an English accent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I all loved, the others had American accents. I loved Maid Marian. I remember, wasn't she playing tennis in her little tricorn hat with Mrs. Cluck? 
Was that a thing? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't seen it. We in... should talk about the fact that like the animate they make the animated characters pretty sexy. <laughs> like in most Disney films. No, let's talk about sexy cartoon yeah, characters. Yeah, let's. They are. They're hot, man. Mm. Tarzan and Jane. And f- <laughs> Slamming. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say Mrs. Potts, uh, the teapot in Beauty and the Beast. Y- yeah. Oh. So Hugh, obviously, as a teacher, uh, you know, you're. I guess we don't want to talk about sexy cartoon characters. Seeing kids kind of consuming all this kind of content all the time. Mm. Do you think that children's uh, media has gotten more sanitized and less scary since we were watching, um, you know, the watching Hunchback back in the nineties. I mean, I think when you look at Disney films like Frozen, there's a lot of scary stuff in that, you know. So I don't know, and I know Frozen is, as I say, now several years old, but it is still so popular with, like the the younger kids in particular. You know, you had kids dressing up as Elsa for Halloween still. I I just wonder though, would 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 they have been allowed to make things that were so scary now? Would they be allowed to make things that were so scary now and release them to kids? Yeah, I guess I guess Frozen is a good example. It's a recent one that starts with it's a load of darkness at the start of it. Yeah, I think Frozen is just as scary as certainly The Lion King, The Jungle Book, Aladdin. Maybe not as it doesn't have the creepiness of Pinocchio, Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which wasn't a Disney film. It doesn't have that, but I think I don't think it's any see, I, less scary. I don't think the parents dying stuff is creepy to me. Like the creepy dark stuff is. The Hunchback in Notre Dame, like there wasn't, or um, uh, Pinocchio, or even Peter Pan, like there was like a more like overarching, like darkness to them about these like dark fantasy worlds where really yeah. bad stuff happened, or even Beauty and the Beast, where like Belle is kidnapped. Have you seen Frozen? Yes. I mean, but Frozen is dark all the way through. I mean, when like she's being separated from her family and she's turning into, I mean, it's based on the Snow Queen. Which is, you know, an old story as well, I guess, mm. and that she and and her heart is being turned to ice, you know, and her. I think I think it's pretty dark. I haven't seen Frozen two now. I don't know what happens in that one, but but no, I do. I agree with you. I agree with you that yeah, Pinocchio and 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 the Hunchback of Notre Dame. But I but what I'm saying is the Jungle Book and Aladdin and the Lion King. I think are more those adventure ones, which I think are are have a similar level to Frozen. Whereas I think yeah, those other like. Why in God's name anyone would show Pinocchio to children? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Mm. Like, because I don't think it even... Does, like, he, at the end, it doesn't even pay off. Because at the end, he turns into a real boy. But as a kid, you don't want him to be a real boy. You want him to be a talking puppet, you, which was doesn't cool. want spoilers from a 200-year-old book, just drop in a Pinocchio spoiler there for everybody. But it's interesting, because I know most people were disappointed when the Beast turned into the handsome prince at the end of Beauty and the Beast, because yeah. they preferred him as the cute Beast. Yeah. Because he was a nice beast, and all you knew about the prince was that he was proud and horrible yeah. at the start. But you get, you've got to teach children that anything remotely ugly is bad. Like that's a good thing that's that Disney true. are keeping. They double down on it. Now I suppose what some of those films did do, what was, you know, in 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 Frozen, there was no, well, or at least there wasn't an explicit, you know, guy getting the girl at the end. Like the two sisters kind of win the day, and there's the fella whatever his name is, the guy who has the, the, the moose or the elk is, is with them at the end. But there's no suggestion. I don't know. Maybe in the second there is. But there's no suggestion necessarily that Anna and he are going to get together or whatever. And in Entangled, oh, I think the suggestion is that she probably does get with that smuggler guy. But at least the, the girls, 
the girls are more the heroes of those films, which I think wasn't the case in the in some of the earlier but ones. The but fa- Mulan is a pretty cool. Is, isn't the fan theory that um, Elsa is a lesbian? Elsa's gay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I know it's it's funny because I think in <laughs> when in in Frozen as well, there's a scene where. I think, again, the guy whose name, again, I still can't remember who has the moose. I think he bursts in on, like, a sauna. And there's a family in there. He's trying to find someone. And they go into a sauna. And there's just a family in there. And they're they're on screen for two seconds. And then they go out again. And everyone sort of made, oh, you know, this is a real positive move. Because the family in the sauna are two men and and their children, you know. So it's a a gay family unit, you know. Or gay parents with 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 kids and then yeah the idea is that Elsa is gay and and yet I I've apparently I think people have also turned on that as saying oh well it's not proper representation or you know it's not enough and I think that's another tricky area where you see you see some progress trying to be made and I think you have to acknowledge the progress that they attempt mm. even in the making the girls less damsels in distress and into heroes but yeah it's not it's not all the way there certainly yeah, I think it's some. It's sort of like J.K. Rowling after the fact insinuating Dumbledore is gay, and then it's like that. That's great, and it makes total sense for his character. But like, if you had put a bit more of that into the book, imagine what that would have done for kids. You know, yeah. and it's like I think you're right. It's, it's it should be applauded, like the the moves of progression and making stories for more people. But there's a long way to go. But actually, even in Frozen, I think the you know like the if you look at the like the classic. Barbie like body shape of a lot of the old yeah. animations like the, the the models they used to have to, you know they use these kind of life models to, to base the drawings on they were these tiny okay. models and even in fairness Anna in Frozen looks a bit more normal you know that they're trying to kind of move away from that like mm. like six foot goddess <laughs> in like if you yeah. look at Aurora or, or Belle like they're just superhuman let's mm. uh, try and move away from that and Anna is kind of more like your classic you know, especially when she's younger, like you start, she's the little girl and she wants to build a snowman. Like it is a bit more yeah. kind of something kids could Can identify. Can I ask, Anya, does the song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, does that make you cry? I think I cry quite a bit watching Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you seem to ask that with prior knowledge, Hugh. Well, no, I just, no, because I mean, it'd, it'd get me, I think, you know, the bit when she's outside the door and oh. also won't come out to play. I mean, and she's mm. on her own. Oh. Well, I watched this yeah. with, with a. Uh, my girlfriend's niece and <laughs> she was like four or five at the time and she was like let's watch frozen mm-hmm. i was like yeah cool watched the first 10 minutes with it and was just absolutely gobsmacked about how sad it was <laughs> and then i've not watched the rest of it so in my mind it's just a really sad film oh it picks up it picks up uh i think i cried a lot at the end sorry will spoiler uh you know when they're on the ice and anna whoa, whoa there's ice at the end of frozen <laughs> oh man um yeah so will i give you a recap of where we're at with the old the old pros and cons yes please I do yeah uh in pros we've got uh this kind of childhood nostalgia and it just is nice sometimes to recapture you know your memories of what it was like growing up um some of the characters are very attractive uh, <laughs> I stand by it. I what don't. Th- I don't think we went far enough into that. Will do you have particular ones other than Tarzan and Jane? I think they're all pretty hot, to be honest. Even Clodsworth and Lumiere. Yeah, man. Hello. Not unattractive. Like they're not. Lumiere. Lumiere is very handsome. Is Lumiere the? Oh, he's the light. He's the candlestick. Candlestick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a bit unfair on the chunkier but lovely 
Clogsworth. Cogsworth? Abbott Cogsworth. Cogsworth. Oh, he's not Clogsworth. He's Cogsworth, sorry. He's Cogsworth. He's a cog is in a <laughs> I clock. I he was Clogsworth. <laughs> Clog- Clogsworth would be the Dutch shoe okay. version <laughs> of it. Yeah, I mean, Lumiere is French, so, like, he's, you know, he's just so far I mean, ahead. He he's got such an advantage starting Imagine the, the hands that you have a fire. Like, everything you touch burns. <laughs> He puts on a good. He he makes it the best of it, though. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, he he really runs a a tight ship there is, when that dinner is being is served. Is there any explanation to how they're like? You know, they're just living in this castle, serving the beast, and then suddenly someone comes along and they're like, "Finally, we can do the show we've been practicing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like me with this podcast. Finally, I have a forum yeah, to yeah. spill my guts. Yeah, well, it's it's the, it's their Edinburgh. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're like, putting together on. the show for a year, and then they finally afterwards they're just doing notes around the. T- <laughs> yes, Master has finally kidnapped a young woman. <laughs> and then another pro that we had was that there has been some progress in the recent films. You know, in terms of more positive message and, and being more representative, representative, and that's to be applauded. And then in the cons, well, I certainly think Disney adults is a big con. Hmm. Disney adults sounds like a really like ill thought through channel that they made that's like a bit Disney more adult with people like yeah. me discussing how hot the cartoons are <laughs> yeah it's this podcast after dark you can catch it over <laughs> on the patreon it's legitimate likes after dark uh we have walt disney as a person there's some pretty terrible and dark stuff kind of following him around um some of the stuff is very sad arguably pretty traumatic and th- you know they've made some progress but the progress really isn't um fast enough on the representation uh, yeah. side of things so that's kind of where we're at so far has either of you watched saving mr banks no i have watched clips of it it's an interesting one because um emma thompson plays uh pl travers who's the person who wrote mary poppins and she goes uh, and it's about her relationship with walt disney when trying to get the film made he wants the film made and tom hanks plays walt disney um but it's it's quite interesting because Disney's certainly portrayed in that as, you know, in a in a very positive light, I suppose. And given that that film was made in what the twenty tens, it's kind of an unusual one to be. Do you think? What's your thoughts on that? I don't know. Is that strictly relevant? But I feel like nowadays, people's general view on Disney is Walt Disney was a bad guy, but you know he's responsible for some great movies but I think it's interesting to actually have a character play him and portray him in a positive light yeah it feels like a strange move but it feels like like Mm. a PR move in a way well I guess the film was made by Disney yeah yeah, yeah. so I guess that's that's it I mean sorry and I know we we might not want to get too too far into the the Disney the Walt Disney himself thing because we probably aren't as informed as we could be but Mm. I know like like the simplistic way I always sort of hear it hear it told anecdotally is, oh, you know, he was a Nazi. Now, was he like was he supporting what Hitler was doing in Germany? Did he was it that he himself held racist anti Semitic views or Well I can I can I can make myself useful and give you some some examples. Mm. Yeah. Um you might need to edit these out for sensitivity, but uh there's you know, there's an animated scene where he had a wolf portrayed as a Jewish peddler against the Three Little Pigs, which wasn't great. And that was mm. later reanimated. And then in 1938, a month after Kristallnacht, uh, Walt Disney personally welcomed Nazi director Lenny Riefenstahl to his studios. Um, wow. And then there's a lot of chat about what went on in, in, in the Disney studios. And... Uh, 
it, the, the, there's a lot of people coming out on both sides of it. Mm. It's it's interesting. Tom Hanks, I think, was asked about it. Like, oh, is it a warts and all, you know, view of, of now, as you say, Will, obviously it was a massive PR exercise for Disney. Uh, and Tom Hanks said he wasn't a warty guy. Mm. Mm. It, it would be interesting to see another film about him that maybe wasn't made by Disney because it's, he sounds like he was a pretty interesting guy. Yeah, and yeah, and look, people aren't, <laughs> I was going to say people aren't black and white. I mean, Walt Disney would absolutely agree with that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of disappointed in Tom Hanks. I'm like, oh, you know, but sure, look. I, I agree with you that being disappointed in Tom Hanks, like, because it feels like if you're, you know, a liberal sort of person at the top of your game who can sort of pick and choose what roles yeah. they take, if you're going to be doing something about a figure that there is widely spoken about but problematic stuff, it feels like you have to be like, okay, I'm going into this knowing that that is going to be a criticism leveled against me. Either I make sure that the script deals with that or i have enough evidence to go actually no i think it's fine yeah rather than sort of being like he had no warts everyone's had warts <laughs> i think it's yeah. good to remember <laughs> that's that's going to be the opening yeah. for our next show <laughs> is will talking about his warts on his foot hey i've got i've got a wart story let's save it okay we'll save it that's a little spoiler for the next a little episode. teaser a little treat yeah. um but i think it's interesting to remember like we have maybe very positive associations with disney as being something really cozy from our childhoods but actually like disney is massive corporation mm. you know like there's got to be a lot of dark stuff there oh yeah definitely on a on a slightly lighter note uh will favorite disney song um the one that immediately pops into my head without me doing anything is you ain't never had a friend like me it's a great song. What's your favorite? Yeah, I I think Friend Like Me is great. I love I love Under the Sea. I also I love Just Can't Wait to Be King. It's a great song. Oh god. Um, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Do you know what? Though I think Be Prepared. Be Prepared. Um, I was just Be, be Prepared from The Lion King yeah. is an amazing song. And I also love the Vultures song in um The Jungle Book, the one where they're meant to be like the Beatles. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I like that one. They wanted the Beatles to they voice did. them. They did. Mm. I thought up until right now that it was the Beatles. No, well, I I used to think it was as well. Yeah, it it you're expected to think that, but I think they just got, yeah, fake Beatles to do it. Aladdin, I guess it's also like, I like Robin Williams should be getting an Oscar for that performance. He's unbelievable in that film. Yeah, absolutely. Hugh, amazing. I don't think he can though. I don't want to be the one to. Wow, well, I mean, it's another spoiler. Yeah, God, is that is that how doctors deliver news when a, a loved one has passed away? <laughs> I've got a big spoiler for you guys. It's not good news. What do you think, Will? Are we ready to make a determination? I, I think we are ready, but I don't know which way I'm going to go. Oh, good. Well, you can go first then. Oh, no. Why, do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I mean, that'd be very mean. No, I, okay, look, I'll go ahead. Yeah, um, thank goodness for that. I, I really liked uh, plenty of Disney movies. I think the songs are great. I still use the songs. I actually um, wrote... Uh, versions of a couple of Disney songs to uh, try and teach times tables to my class last year when I was teaching third class. So Could you I, give us a go? Uh, yeah, I, so I, I know I did the bare necessities and I did um, I want to be like you, but it was like... I want to do my times too. Now I'm you. the king of the counters, yeah, times tables VIP. I've finished with my ones and twos, so now it's time for three. And then I can't, and it was all like three times zero, zero, and three times one is three. Anyway, listen, all great. I'm saying is... Do they is, like it? Great. 
Well, it's funny because I did them and some of the kids loved them. And I remember then one parent said to me, you know, the Times Table songs now, uh, she doesn't like them at all. <laughs> I was like, all right. Oh, thanks. Everyone's a critic. Uh, um, yeah, look, you win some, you lose some. Why, what was um, her criticism? I think... Did you say... Did the little four-year-old say, like, oh, Disney's a very problematic figure at the moment, actually? So I don't <laughs> yeah, know exactly. Can... Uh, she, I think she just found them overwhelming, um, which I can understand. Um, when people shout times tables at you at pace in song, it's probably confusing. I, I was honestly about 23 when I, I realized that times... I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but that times meant, like, five times five... It, it the was number this of times was, you have. Yeah, five. it was five. Oh, I, I only just uh, got that five there. Five times. You've only just got that too. Yeah. yeah. That that is a real indictment of the education systems or our mm. brains. Is it kind of terrifying that you're shaping young minds? Oh yeah, but that's why yeah, someone I... someone who did the scansion of the Times Table VIP instead of the Jungle <laughs> VIP. I can't believe that, sir. The Times Table VIP. And what was the other one? Uh, Bare Necessities. I think I did that for the five times tables. What was that? Um, look, let's do the five times tables now. <laughs> the simple five times tables now. I promise you they're easy and they're fun. You can't just put the word now at the end. Anyway, my opinion on Disney. <laughs> I definitely reached a stage in my sort of teens where I think I was very much I became quite a Pixar person so I liked the Pixar films more so Toy Story, Bugs Life, Incredibles Monsters Inc and probably became a bit anti-Disney then um, and then obviously Disney Look and it's Pixar. the classic rock and roll origin story Exactly <laughs> you know exactly um, so do you know what? I think I've I've liked a lot of Disney stuff that's out there. Um, I would agree. I haven't had a huge experience of the, the the adult Disney thing, Disney adult thing, whatever it is that Anya said. But I utterly understand your uh, abhorrence for it. Um, and I think yeah, just for the general thing of yeah, there's. <laughs> I think. We just probably have to assume that there's an awful lot of bad stuff in there that we don't even know about. And while I love some stuff, and I love some of the songs, and I'm going to keep singing them, or maybe I can't, if we vote it down. I don't know. I'm doing it. I'm making the sacrifice. I'm going to say Disney is not a legitimate like. Oh, wow! Whoa. Is that entirely based on that, that girl not liking your song? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, I I'm hope she's happy now. Yeah. Agreeing with her in a way, yeah. She's brought down a, a behemoth. He, that is shocking. That's a big... That's mm. a big it's a big talk. So I, Disney's a giant corporation. It exists as all corporations do, which is fine. That's the system we're, we're, we're dying in slowly. But they're, they're there just to make money. That's all they're there for. And they masquerade as some sort of like creative agency. And they're like, oh, look at all these progressive things we're doing. And it's like, too late, baby. You should be on the forefront, not behind. Stop doing animated films uh, and casting famous people in it we don't need famous voices give some you you could just make any disney film and cast a load of unknown people that'd be really nice i think you can see where my bitterness is coming from here um and they uh yeah they should be better the the old stuff is just because i grew up with it i grew up with some people who i still hang out with i don't like them so not george Newster. exactly take that george uh, i love you so much george you're so great i miss you i miss you like the dickens um and uh some of the animation was reused back in the day. I don't know. I'm going with you, Hugh. We're taking down Disney. 
uh, Walt Disney's a bad person. Disney should just close their doors and something else should take the way. They own everything and it's only going to keep going that way and that's a bad precedent to be set in the creative world. And I hate them and anyone who likes Disney is a bad person. I'm just trying to double down. I don't really believe that. Um, but yeah, no, Disney's not legitimate. Like, Take that, Disney. All right, we've done it. Anya, pew, pew, you don't pew. have a vote. If you did have a vote... Oh, totally agree with you guys. Whoa. Yeah, well put by Will as well. There's like 5% of Disney is great, which are like basically the five films from our youth. The rest is like 95% monstrous corporation. Yeah, I think I think it was well put by Hugh too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well done, Hugh. <laughs> I, if, yeah. The, if the cartoons had been a little bit hotter, I may, maybe it would have been swung, but... It sounds like they were pretty hot already, Will. Yeah. How, how hot did they need to go? Oh, pretty hot, man. Pretty hot. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. And, well, I hope you're... If you're a Disney adult, to be honest, you're probably not still listening at this stage. You probably switched off a long time ago. And uh, I guess what? We don't want you here, Anya. Was that fair to say? I'd, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really left me out in the cold there. <laughs> I'd rather not well, say. One last massive irony of this. Do you know why I spent my morning today? The, the Disney vault discussing a family trip to Disney Euro Disney 2022. Okay, why did you wait to the outro? What on earth? I just remembered it. I just remembered it. Uh, just, and the y- How much of your day was consumed with talking about Disney that you forgot uh, Probably to 20 it, minutes. Right? 20 minutes at, at a family brunch this morning was spent planning a trip. The youngest member going will be 31. <laughs> so I, I'm a hypocrite. Okay? But Good to that's, know. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, if you're a hypocrite and you enjoyed the podcast, or if you just enjoyed the podcast generally, um, thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. We hope you enjoyed our uh, thoughts on everything Disney and and some other things as well. We get sidetracked. It happens. Look, it's okay. We get sidetracked. It happens, Well, Yeah. How's your toe? Uh, it's much better. I'll keep you updated if I get the surgery. Um, and I, to be honest, when they make the film adaptation with Pixar and Disney involved, I will change my views. But for what now, would it be called? It'd be called uh, Toe Hot to Handle. Some real hot characters. <laughs> Good Lord, by Disney adults. Yeah, yeah. Disney Nights. So if you want to see that film, you got to like this podcast, subscribe, take down Disney so we... Well, no, that's not going to work, is it? Just like the podcast, share it with someone. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, tell a friend. Tell a friend to listen to us and let us know what you think. Let us know what episodes you'd like to hear in the future. And let us know who you think's the hottest Disney character. (laughs) And until the next time, it's goodbye from Will. And it's goodbye from Hugh. And it's goodbye from our producer, Anya, as well. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. When you wish upon a star. Five times seven's 35. And five times eight, 40. Five times eight, 40. Kids' movies are always better when you kill the parents first. Well, Dumbo was really scary, but Hunchback is even worse. Tom Hanks could make any movie, and yet he decides to be a racist and anti-Semite. Yeah, he's playing Walt Disney, oh-oh, old Walt Disney. It's easy to see. He wasn't a guy who gave too much time to diversity Are we even sure he's really dead? Somewhere they've stashed his frozen head 
Someday he'll wake and he'll want to make a load more movies Aladdin is still a classic Pinocchio's really not But Will only really cares if The cartoons are super hot Some movies are really creepy They focus on childhood fears Please try not to spoil them for me Wait at least 200 years Oh, oh don't get me wrong We still love the songs they can enable learning times tables Please sing along I dressed as the beast for Halloween He's really cute after he's mean And his paws are furry So I guess don't worry that he kidnapped his queen If you haven't seen the movies It's probably not your fault in order to see them you must Break into the Disney vault Will claims to be quite the rower He smashed through that Disney dam George Newstead was his lieutenant Till he moved to Vietnam Oh oh, what can we say? Disney today Parents still dying, at least they are trying Making characters gay, yeah But they're still a massive company There must be loads we never see The movies and parks must hide lots of dark stuff from you and me Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.